0: Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X Studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice which brings the care back to health care.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow with Morrow Family Medicine with offices in Cumming, Georgia and Milton, Georgia. At Morrow Family Medicine, we're ready to see you when you need to be seen. We have a Walk-in hour every morning, five days a week. That goes from 7.30 to 8.30, and you're welcome to just show up at either office, coming or Milton, and we will take care of whatever you have going on. So please do that. Instead of saying those five most dangerous words in the English language, which are maybe it will go away, you come to see us, and we will take care of what's going on. So I'm here in the North Fulton Business Radio X studio at Renaissance Bank on Winward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia, and right here behind the board with me is my buddy John Ray. Hey, John. Hey, Jim. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm stressed. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I don't doubt that for a second. I, I thought I think you'd that like goes that. Goes for
1: most people, which coincidentally, John. Yes. Today we're actually going to talk about stress. I bet you didn't know that, did
0: you? No, I didn't know. I was yeah. too stressed to figure that out. <clears throat> Had no idea. Yeah.
1: So we are going to talk about stress today and the effect it can have on you and what you might do to to help and to alleviate some of that stress. So if, you, if you're if you thinking about stress in general, the first thing that I want you to know is stress can be good for you. It's not always bad. It keeps you alert and motivated. and And if you go back to caveman days, it keeps you primed and ready to respond to danger, sort of the fight or flight kind of thing so that you can either – win a battle or get clear of it without getting harmed. And anybody that's faced a deadline at work or competed in a sport knows that stress mobilizes your body to improve your performance. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. But too much stress, especially stress of any kind for too long or chronic stress, may lead to a depression, even a major depression in susceptible people. And I think that's a key phrase because everybody's not susceptible to depression and for people who are, it takes varying and different amounts of stress in each person to cause what can end up being a depression. So everybody knows that the bad things that happen to you are stressful. Uh, the divorces and getting fired and filing bankruptcy and having a car wreck and things that you don't want to happen are stressful. But what people don't realize sometimes is that the good things that happen happen in your life. The things that make life worth living are also very stressful. About a hundred years ago, there was a Dr. Holmes who did a a study and he created Holmes Stress Scale. And he found that, and he he ranked stressful events in your life, zero to a hundred points. And he said that if you get more than 300 points in a year from stressful events, that you're much more susceptible to some sort of either physical or Or emotional illness. He found also that the good things in life are almost, if not more, stressful than bad things. For example, marriage was almost as stressful as divorce. Getting a new job was almost as stressful as getting fired and so forth. And so the good things that happen in life are stressful. And that's because life doesn't happen in a vacuum. And good life certainly doesn't happen in a vacuum. And what I tell my patients, and I say this five or ten times a week, depending on the week, is that everybody's trying to do too much for too many people in too short a period of time with too few resources. And that is, in my opinion, what makes people stressed. So there there basically are three different types of stress. The first one I want to talk about is acute stress. Acute stress is the most common form. It happens in day-to-day life. It doesn't take anything earth-shattering to have acute stress. A, a fast run down a, a ski slope can be stressful and exhilarating. Early in the day, it's more exhilarating. Late in the day, it's more stressful. Skiing beyond your limits, taking chances can be a, an exhilarating thing. But if it ends badly with broken bones and so forth, then it's more stressful in a bad way. But if you overdo on short-term stress, it can definitely lead to physiologic problems and psychological problems. You can have upset stomach, you can have tension headaches, you can have emotional distress and so forth. Now, other examples of acute stress might be a fender bender, which if you've ever driven in Atlanta traffic, happens every minute. And that might be acutely stressful for you. If you're in business and you lose an important contract, that kind of thing. Now, emotional distress, uh, which can be caused by these stresses, emotional distress can cause tension, headache, back pain, jaw pain, muscle problems, tightness. People are forever saying, man, it just hurts when I move my neck. And a lot of times that's just because they're stressed. But you can also have internal things. GI problems are probably the most common ones. And that's anything from heartburn to IBS. These things can also make your blood pressure go up. They can make your heart rate go up. They can make you sweat. They can make you have shortness of breath, make you have a little tremor, and so forth. Migraine headaches are a very common consequence of acute stress. So that's the, the first type of stress. And the second type is very similar. It's episodic acute stress. And there are those people who just suffer acute stress frequently, recurrently. Their lives are so disordered that they are a study in chaos and crisis. They're always in a rush, but they're always late. There's, Murphy's Law applies to them if something can go wrong, at will, and they take on too much. They take on too many opportunities where they should have said no, but they say yes, and you know who I'm talking about. If you're listening to this and and that strikes a chord, then pay attention for the rest of today. This is important for you. This is basically people that have too many irons in the fire, and they're always in the clutches of acute stress. It's not just a one-time thing. It's always there, and it recurs. These people are what you could call, I guess, over-aroused. They're short-tempered. They're irritable irritability is a, a key sign of stress and can later be a key sign of depression. They're anxious. They're tense they're always in a hurry. And like I said, they tend to be abrupt and they're frequently finishing other people's sentences for them. Workplace can be very stressful for people like this. It's, it's in large part, the people that you think of as having a type a personality. This is basically the the type of person that I'm talking about here. And the symptoms of a, Episodic acute stress are very similar to those of just straight up acute stress. They can have migraines. You can have chest pain. You can have tension headaches. Some people even develop heart disease. There's a condition called Prinzmetal angina, which is caused by it's chest pain that's caused by spasm in the coronary artery, and stress is one of the reasons that people have that spasm. A lot of times, people's lifestyle and personality issues are so ingrained and habitual in them, that they see nothing wrong with the way they conduct their lives. They don't see the problem as sort of the forest for the trees thing. They blame their woes on other people, on external events, on things that are, quote, out of their control. And they see their lifestyle, their patterns of how they interact with other people, and and the way they perceive the world is part of who they are. And in large part, that's true. I've often thought that you are who you are, and if you're the type to be stressed and to bring stress upon yourself, that that's pretty much just the way it's going to be. And then lastly, there's chronic stress. Now, the acute stress can be thrilling and exciting. A chronic stress absolutely is not. This is the grinding sort of stress that wears you away day after day, year after year. It's just ongoing it just never goes away it it destroys your body your mind it can destroy your life and it wreaks havoc just by long-term attrition just by peeling away little bits of you at a time it's the stress of poverty of dysfunctional families of being trapped in an unhappy marriage or in a job that you don't like this kind of thing is just absolutely wears you down it's a never-ending, stress that was it's much like the stress of the the people in countries where there's chronic fighting like Northern Ireland Northern Ireland uh, the Middle East for example and and there's there's never a day when they're not under this kind of stress it, it it also comes when a person can't see their way out of a miserable situation I mentioned an unhappy marriage or bad job those kinds of things and and they absolutely can be contributors to chronic stress. Now some chronic stress comes from traumatic early childhood experiences that you internalize and you keep them inside forever and they're forever painful and they're forever present. And these ha- these things can absolutely affect your personality. They can affect your view of the world. They can, they can have an, an impact on everything you do. They can impact the spouse that you choose the job that you choose, and how you live your life every single day. One of the worst things about chronic stress, though, is people get used to it. It becomes the the way it is, and they, they kind of forget the stress is there, but their body, I can promise you, does not forget that the stress is there. Chronic stress kills people, and it, it kills them through a variety of things. It can kill through suicide in those who are depressed, through violence, heart attack, stroke, and even cancer because chronic stress absolutely has an impact on your immune system and it can lead to things like cancer and chronic infections. So why, other than the things I've mentioned, why is too much stress bad for you? Well, too much stress is absolutely detrimental. The emotional stress that hangs around for weeks and months does weaken the immune system and also raises your blood pressure. It decreases your quality of sleep, so it can lead to depression and fatigue, anxiety, even heart disease I mentioned. One of the things you get from stress is you get an excessive release of epinephrine or adrenaline, and that can absolutely be harmful to your heart. So how does stress bother you, and how does it do that? And we'll talk some more about this later, but sustained chronic stress leads to elevated levels of the stress hormone, which is cortisol, in your body. And it also reduces the levels of serotonin and other neurotransmitters in your brain like dopamine and norepinephrine. And if you haven't listened to the podcast on depression, this is a good tie-in because if you have levels of serotonin and norepinephrine and dopamine that are too low, then you will be depressed. And if you don't treat that appropriately, then you have a long-term problem with depression. Depression. When these chemicals in your brain are working normally, though, they regulate the biological processes in your body, like sleep, appetite, energy, libido. And they allow uh, the normal expression of moods and emotions. And when they're not there in the right level, then those things don't work that way. I'm asked regularly what people can do about libido. And one of the things you can do is to be less stressed. So if that's something you're dealing with, do what you can to try to reduce the stress in your life. Now, nobody can escape the event-related stresses in life like the death of a loved one or a uh, dip in your 401K maybe or a, a natural disaster like an earthquake, job loss, divorce even. And, and it's very difficult to deal with these things. And one thing you'll find is that it's much easier to deal with that stress if you meet these things head on. So I mentioned a job loss, and I think loss is a key word when it comes to stress because loss of any type is a major risk factor for chronic stress and for chronic stress that can lead to depression. Now, if it's loss of a loved one, that's a huge stressor. Grieving is a normal, healthy response to a loss, but if it goes on for too long, it can be a stressor. Loss of health, if you have a serious illness including depression even as a serious illness, then that's considered a chronic stressor. Loss of independence. If you lost your ability to live alone or you're not able to drive anymore, then these things are incredibly stressful. I see that also very regularly in the office. And it's very difficult when you tell an 80 year old person that they can't drive anymore. And uh, they almost never react well to that. Loss of financial stability. Regardless of the reason, if people lose their financial stability, they will frequently be stressed. And if that stress goes on, then they're at risk of all these things. So I want to tell you that this episode of To Your Health is brought to you by Mara Family Medicine. We do use a lot of technology in our office. We use an electronic check-in solution. We have electronic health records, of course. We have electronic means of communication with the hospital and with our patients. But our main objective is to take good care of you. So we take this technology and we try to blend that with a good old-fashioned care. And if you're thinking family medicine, think Marcus Wellbe meets a computer. And so we're trying to do that at Mara Family Medicine. If you come to the practice, I want you to be well cared for. I want you to leave there thinking that it was a good thing that you came and you're glad you did. That's one of the reasons that if you do come, my email address is on my business card. It's the only email address that I use. It's not one that I use just for this. I never have to look at it. I see this every day, all day. And so if you ever have an experience that you're not happy with, I would encourage you to send me an email and tell me why, because if you don't tell me why, I can't fix it. And if you do tell me why, I will fix it. So I do appreciate you listening to this podcast. Hopefully you're a regular listener. If you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening to. You can send us questions and comments and even topics for future podcasts. And you can do that on Twitter. We are at ToYourHealth MD. And on by email, you can email me at Dr. Jim. That's D R Jim at toyourhealth.md. So in talking about stress and especially chronic stress, let's talk about what you can do to try to alleviate the effects of chronic stress and even the stressors themselves. some of, You have to first look out for the symptoms because if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. And the, some of the symptoms of too much stress can be either physical or emotional. They can be mental and behavioral. And everybody's different, but some common signs of stress are memory problems. You hear that a lot. Trouble concentrating, racing thoughts in your head, Inability to sleep because you can't quit chewing over the same problem time after time after time. Irritability, I mentioned earlier, is absolutely a huge problem. Flat-out anger, which is you know a few levels above irritability. Sadness, headaches, common cold being a common thing for you to have. You get frequent colds. Or if you have changes in your sleep or appetite. If you're like the majority of people, people don't just out of the blue lose weight, and if you find that you're Losing weight, stress, is one of the many reasons that you might do that, so I would encourage you to come in and let people check out that and other things. You also need to try to know your stress triggers. Try to know the things that set you off and really get you more than anything else. Certain people, absolutely, and in places and situations, too, can produce high levels of stress for you. And if you're in a situation and when you Are in that situation, or leave that situation. If you feel tight and stressed and so forth, then you need to talk to someone about that situation. Maybe it's a situation you avoid, and if you can't avoid it, maybe there's something you can do to make it less stressful. If public speaking and presentations make you stressed, start looking into early uh, times when you could research how to go about avoiding that stress and also start thinking long before you have to give a presentation about how you're going to do it and practice it because that can always help. The fight or flight syndrome with presentations is huge. I, I, I see a lot of people who have to present to their boss or to the board of directors. And these people will frequently have all of those symptoms of chest pain, racing heart, tightness in the chest, uh, tightness in the stomach, Sweaty palms, dry mouth. Dry mouth's a huge problem because it's hard to present when you have a bad dry mouth. And so this is these are very common things, and, and these are all fight or flight. So if you'll practice and if you'll try to uh, learn better ways you can get over this, it'll do a lot to help alleviate some of those. And like I said, if there are situations or friends that cause you extreme stress, one of the things you might do is just to avoid them because sometimes there's just nothing else you can do. Try to exercise more. That should be the most obvious thing in the world. And while people might think about it, they rarely want to do it. But if you do exercise more, exercise reduces the stress hormones. And they can absolutely help you get past some of the stress that we're talking about. Exercise floods the body with the feel-good hormones, the endorphins. They can improve your mood, and I'm not sure if it does that by the release of hormones or by distraction, but it absolutely works. You can obviously boost your energy, and that's a a great thing. And then there's very few bad things that are going to come from good routine exercise. Exercise makes you less susceptible to the effects of stress in the long run because it's less likely that these effects are just going to build and build and build and have long-term effect on you. So find an activity that you enjoy and try to devote 30 minutes to them at least five days a week. And if you can do that, I think you'll find that the stress has less of an effect on you. The next thing I've got to say about how to reduce stress around my house is kind of funny, and that's to relax. And every time I say relax, the response my wife gives me is, yeah, that always works. And there's a lot of truth in that. But if you can find ways to relax, then obviously that's going to reduce the stress chemicals in your body and it's going to allow the better chemicals, the feel-good chemicals to override those and things will in fact get better. I think one of the things that people can do to relax is yoga. I think yoga is a wonderful thing for those people that do it and can do it Uh, and people that do yoga regularly. I think I see less of them than people that don't do yoga regularly. Try to manage your time better. Everybody gets in a hurry. I mentioned that everybody's doing too much for too many with too few resources and too little time. And if you manage your time better, you might actually find that the stresses around you are not as bad. Learn to say no. I'm forever rolling my exam stool up to a patient and saying, can you put your tongue right up behind your teeth and make this sound, and they uh they frequently just cannot make that sound and if you can't make that sound you can't say no and a lot of people have an innate inability to say no and if you can learn to say no on occasion you're going to be a lot better off one thing that people don't think about with the starbucks on every corner people take in a lot more caffeine today than they used to and if you can curb your caffeine The caffeine decrease will help you. Now, yeah, caffeine might help you in some ways in the short term, but in the long run, it interrupts sleep. It makes you more anxious. It makes you tense and jittery, and it can. this can absolutely increase your stress level. So try not to have more than one caffeinated beverage a day. People need to drink more. Doctors usually say water. I usually say caffeine-free liquid because to me it doesn't have to be water, but if it's caffeine-free, that's a good thing. One thing that people do a lot of times when they're stressed is they'll self-medicate. And medicating yourself for this kind of thing is not really good because the only form of things you have is alcohol or tobacco or marijuana or a friend's Xanax. And that's the worst idea on the entire planet. So please don't self-medicate. If you feel like you need something to help you deal with your stress, come see a good physician. And, and don't think that just because you're dealing with stress that you have to take some addicting medication because you absolutely do not. Most of the people I see for this kind of thing never get a prescription for anything that could ever do them any harm. And the last thing I'd say about it is reach out to people, to your family especially, your friends and family. If you can't handle the stress on your own, talk to them. And if you aren't comfortable talking to them or if that doesn't help, see a counselor or a therapist. I think that's one of the most underutilized uh, things that can help you out there because people just aren't in a hurry to do that. And I think that's something that really can make a difference for people dealing with stress. So do what you can and don't do more than you can. Don't sign up for more than you should and give yourself a break. Give yourself a break once in a while, both emotionally and physically. Cut yourself some slack. If you're not able to do every single thing that the guy next to you is able to do, then maybe you can do what you do better and you just, don't, just won't do the number of things that they do. And that's not a bad thing. And if you can give yourself a little bit of a break like that, I believe you'll find that your stress is decreased. John, how's your stress doing over there?
0: I feel better already, man. Thank you for that. I am that good. You are that good. but seriously, actually one question on that. So, uh, you uh, mentioned, uh, see a good physician. Obviously we want folks to come see you, uh, and talk to you about that. But, but, uh, I can hear folks asking, Hey, you take care of my physical body. How do how can you help me with issues like stress?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, and the answer is that what I can help you with is I can help you with the way that stress affects you. I can tell you to learn to say no, but I'm not going to follow you around and slap your hand when you raise it to volunteer for that next thing. Although it's been suggested in the past, but specifically one of the things, and I think that's a very good question. One of the things that I do for people who have stress is when you think about the stressful things, we're talking mainly about these physical reactions to stress. I mentioned the several times, I mentioned the chest pain, shortness of breath, sweaty palms, dry mouth, and so forth. And all that fight or flight stuff is caused by adrenaline. Okay. So adrenaline attaches to the beta receptor on the tissues that cause all those things on your heart and your salivary glands, sweat glands, and everything else. And that attaches to the beta receptor and it makes something happen in that organ. So let's use rapid, hard beating heart for a good example, because most everybody gets that. So when the adrenaline attaches to that beta receptor, it makes that happen. Well, the medicine that I use for that is a beta blocker. And if you've ever heard of beta blockers, you know that they are blood pressure pills in large part. And the one that I use was the first beta blocker that ever came out. And it's really pretty crappy for blood pressure, but it's really good for this because it blocks beta receptors everywhere. Now, Over the years for blood pressure, they've refined the beta blockers so that they only work on your heart and vessels. They don't work on your gut and your salivary glands and sweat glands and such. But this one, which is called propranolol, so terrible names, generic for endoral, which is, now you see why they have these brand names. are a lot easier to say. (laughs) For sure. And so propranolol works on the beta receptor, and it will block that beta receptor so adrenaline cannot have its impact on the beta receptor. So the two situations you take that in, if you're going through your day and all of a sudden you start feeling stressed, you get these physical symptoms, then you take the propranolol. In twelve minutes, it's working, and and it block it knocks the adrenaline off the beta receptor, blocks the receptor, and adrenaline can't do its thing. So it stops what could even be a panic attack, in its tracks right there. And the other way you take it is if you know at two o'clock in the afternoon you've got to give a pod do a podcast recording, then at one o'clock in the afternoon you take a beta blocker. Hmm. And by the time and no, I'm not taking them. I hadn't had to yet. you yeah, don't don't make me that nervous. But by the time the podcast comes along, then the medicine's already working. When the adrenaline is released, then it can't have an impact because the beta receptors are blocked. So, and and I write that medicine every single day that I practice. Every single day. Mm. And it's wonderful because it, you don't have to worry about it, it's a blood pressure pill. Mm. It's not gonna hurt you. And it doesn't last but four to six hours, so it's not gonna be with you all day. You don't have to worry about getting off of it, because every six hours you're off of it. I've probably gone over time now by getting into a no, explanation. No, I think it's that's a great point.
0: But I guess a, a related question: Do you find that folks come to you with physical symptoms that they're complaining about that are stress related, and they don't even know that? And you point that out? Sometimes, uh,
1: more often than not, they're aware of the stress. But absolutely, sometimes I do see people like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no question, because it's, it's not always real obvious. Like I said, people with chronic stressors sometimes forget they're there, Sure, and they're not even aware that they're going through that stress, but it's having an impact on them.
0: So one other question, I hear a lot about CBD oil and, and using CBD oil to reduce stress. Do you put that under the uh, category of self-medicating?
1: Not really, not any more than I would Tylenol or Advil for any other problem. Uh, CBD oil is very, very safe. The problem with CBD is we don't have a lot of data on it. We don't really know what it will do and how it works and what it's going to treat and what it's not. I think it's already been shown to be pretty good in some people for pain. It's probably okay for some people for sleep, and I hope that it works in some people for stress, but we really don't have much research on that. At this
0: point. One of the things I didn't hear you talk about was unplugging. Right. From technology.
1: Well, unplugging from technology would be good for anybody on the planet. I mean, everybody is too attuned to every single thing that goes on in the world. And I, I personally believe that just being ignorant of something was a pretty darn good thing back in the day. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I have ever was intended to know everything about everybody that I know sure. now. Uh, but if you can find a way to unplug and to get away from the constant bombardment of information that we have these days, I think that would help anybody. So if you're going to unplug, unplug from everything except our podcast. Don't do that. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. Because it, because we don't cause stress. That's right. We relieve stress. That's right. Exactly right? right. Good That's exactly
1: right. And one of the things that relieves stress for me is really good music. And I know you're going to play that song in a minute, but I want to say again uh, what I said before. I appreciate my very good friend Steve Watson to let me have the rights to use his song Top Cat in our podcast. So for today, that is to your health.